0: I just have to glance at a load, like glance, like not. I'm talking about less than a second, like no,
1: this is no good. Move on, no good. Move, move on, like and not, like like glance at it, and I, I know because I've been using it for so long, and I, I just I, I see the diamonds in the rough. Some some people are looking looking for the needle in the in, in the haystack. I, I see I see the needles, like I, I see the needles in the haystack. You know, before that action, I was getting arrogant, drinking, going out partying, dropping three four thousand at a club. You know, just not knowing where I come from, you know what I mean? And, and right. going to to this, it wasn't a fortunate thing, but in a way it was a blessing for myself because I got to take the lesson from it. And I was like, you know, life is too short and I got to be working towards my goals. I, I had came from nothing to here. I can't just go back. Go
0: back, back. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. Let's get into it, man. Hustle fam, hustle fam, we are back with another amazing, amazing I'm tongue-tied today, amazing episode. I got my brother Sam Chaudhry with me today. Sam is the, the CEO, founder of You Consulting. He also uh, now you say you if you have thirty companies that's that's partnerships. Those are companies that you've helped build. I'm just going off of your bio. So for people who yeah. go and check you out, explain the thirty companies real quick for me. So
1: so basically, um, I've helped thirty companies become successful. Okay. But currently, the amount of companies that I have working with me is about ten.
0: Okay. Got so, you. I,
1: so so what I did with those thirty companies or the people that I work with. So my my main thing is that when I got into this business when i became a business owner a few years ago um my boss made me his partner when that happened my my boss was was already in like he was more like a guy that puts the right people in certain places you know what i mean so he was like look this guy's a really good dispatcher he was i was managing 14 trucks by myself so when he made me his partner he said look we're gonna open up a separate company and we're gonna do we're gonna make it a success story the first year in business was hell because nobody wanted to help us it was just not regulated and um and we had a really hard time. We lost a lot of money, but then we recouped it back. So I figured that, you know, I start helping other people start giving back right. that really need it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a win-win situation. So I started helping people uh, develop them and train somebody in their family or somebody that they felt that could, they could trust. And now a lot of those guys are still in touch with me and good friends of mine. Their families are good, like family to me. But um, they, they're doing their own thing, you know what I mean? And I'm proud of them.
0: Yeah. And you're also a fleet owner yourself. You also have your own company, right?
1: Well, yes, I still have, uh, I still have shark logistics. Well, right now we still facing with some lawsuits because what happened was, uh, we had, um, we had a, a really bad accident in March. Okay. And, uh, there was 11 car collision. One of my drivers, he was high on, uh, he was, high, is, is it okay if I say the substance on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For sure. Uh, share he, what you want to high,
1: share, bro. Yeah, he was, he was high on cocaine and, um, it was unfortunate, man. He was sixty-five years old, and he killed a, a young kid oh, in his twenties. Wow. Yeah, it was eleven-car collision. Um, it was horrible, man. Okay. Actually, I got—I actually got the picture. If you want to see it, I got the—the—the uh, the, the text message from that day. He sent. Yeah. To me. Yeah. What,
0: what, 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 what does the text message say? Uh, You—you you, just—just read it to me. I'm um, just because this is the real side of trucking that a lot of people don't get an opportunity to be exposed to when they get into this business. Just read well, that he, text message to me.
1: Well, see, if you look right here, that's the picture of my truck. You see what happened to my truck? That's from the driver, March 13th. So March 13th, I see a picture of my truck with the front out. And I'm looking at this, you know, it's it's a horrible picture.
0: Yeah.
1: And I already knew what happened. I already knew what happened, but I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen next. Right. It 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 was 11 cars involved. Oh, wow. I told him to take as many pictures as possible. It was 11 cars and then... Finally, later on that night, we, we were in touch with the sergeant, we were in touch with the lieutenant, we were in touch with our insurance, and the sergeant even told me that we don't feel as though there's any reason that your drug your driver is intoxicated. He did pass the, the breathalyzer that he okay. wasn't intoxicated on, on uh, alcohol. Okay. But uh, you know, uh he, he refused to go to the hospital, and I was like, You need to go to the hospital, get that drug test and everything. Cause uh right,
0: so gonna he, he, DOT recordable.
1: Yeah. So he was acting a little funny. And, uh, later on that day around, we, we actually sent a driver over there. One of my other people, one of my other drivers, he was also living in North Carolina. This happened in Benson, North Carolina on March 14th. You could probably, uh, Google this, uh, news article, my okay. company. And, uh, it was all over the news. It was on ABC. It was on a few big news channels. So it was a major accident. They had to use drones to map out what actually happened. Wow. So, um, so what, what ended up happening was, um, yeah, he ended up getting locked up and uh he's probably gonna be in, in, in jail for the rest of his life. And that's a very unfortunate. I feel bad for the guy, but you gotta be careful. You know, I, I read his record 35 years when I hired him, 30, 30 years, sorry, 30 years driving, clean record, no accident, no uh no uh no nothing alluding to the fact that this guy might be uh somebody that abuses substances. He was an older gentleman and I felt as though he was a really good guy, but um I just have a very hard time believing that a 65-year-old man Decided one day that I'm going to go on the road and do cope. Yeah. So what I think, what I think happened was he was doing it for a while. And at one time, that one time happened. He took somebody else's life and he took his own life. And it's very unfortunate, but you ha- you, you could make the choices that you want in life. You can't pick the consequences.
0: Yeah. 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 So, no, that's, that's really sad. What, what actually happened in the accident? dude? What's the description? Like what happened? Did he fall like fall asleep? Oh, yeah. He was just impaired and he just ran into this kid. Like what, what happened? He was impaired
1: and uh somebody I guess tried to swipe him on the right side and he got nervous or something and he swerved right, swerved left over the median and went on the opposite lane on incoming traffic.
0: Oh wow. So that's where so head-on head collision.
1: Well, like uh let me give you uh let me give you a scenario. So there's uh there's a on the highway in North Carolina, you you figure there's opposite lanes, and then there's the median in the middle. Yeah, right. So he was going straight and then he crossed the median and went on the opposite lane. And when you cross it like that with a big tractor trailer, uh, other cars are going to run into the tractor, not really the tractor, the trailer. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, that the one, the first person that got hit, I believe it was a young kid. Um, He was actually about my age. Like I'm, I'm 28. I think he was close to there. I don't oh, know man. the details. I, I do feel bad for, about the, the, the family, but you know, with the lawyers and everything, you can't really um get too involved. I it was very unfortunate. I do pray for the kid every time I, I pray yeah. that for his family and that he yeah. finds peace. But you know, it's around my age. That could have happened to me.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. How how did that impact you in your business moving forward? Like like holding holding that bag of knowing that kind of happened under your watch. It changed me.
1: It changed me totally. I, I quit alcohol, quit cigarettes. I, I I just changed. As a man, I changed. Uh uh, it just it made me want to mature up in life and and uh that company was lost. My partner decided that he was going to go back to the pharmaceutical businesses. That's what he was in. And I decided that I was going to start going with you consulting and try to help other business owners develop more. And um, this was something that I was already doing. So the thing is, you know, I would put 50 hours with my partner or 60 hours with my partner, but then I would also put another 10 hours. You always have to you know, put 10 hours or some type of uh, hours towards your own dreams. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right. So I was
1: putting 10 hours every week and I was helping these other companies so I already had the 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 value. So once I wanted to go into this venture and just try to help companies and consult them and help them build up profitability. Because on average, most people they save about twenty five to thirty percent of their profit out of the revenue. My companies, we we are upwards of forty percent, fifty percent, sixty percent. I bring a lot of drive, a lot of motivation, and I also know how to structure it down from the failures that I've seen. Because I take failure very very hard. Um, so it was a uh, it was it was a very uh, life changing moment for me,
0: brother. Got you. I could yeah. imagine, man. You know, and this is such a sad incident. You know, we pray for that family for sure and that young man who lost his life. So, so you you basically said you consulting, you know, you you help businesses, you know, with their profitability, so forth and so on. But let's let's kind of get back to the start of your entrance into transportation. Because you, you you talked about earlier when we were talking behind the scenes, you were working for Dunkin' Donuts at one point. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know your manager. You know he gave you the name Sam and all that. Let's talk about a little bit about your journey. how did you get into transportation to begin with?
1: So my uncles they're they, they're they're um they're veterans of this industry. So I was adopted by my by my uncle at the age of uh, three from Pakistan, and uh, he brought me here to the United States. Um, him and his wife. Uh, so as a kid, uh, I used to look at it as a punishment. But you know, um, living in, in in a brown family and in a Pakistani household, you know, you you have to help out with the business too. And I and I wasn't actually their son, so I don't have nothing against them. But you know, uh, they used to make me work more, which in a way, which which which, which in a way is a was a blessing, right? So, um, you know, uh, being a being a, that the ho- you know, the household was was a little troubled. Uh, I, I got out on the streets. Okay, but. I remember that I used to be doing the invoicing. I used to do the billing and understand, and and, and I used to see my their son do the do the loads and everything, and my, like my brother, you know what Fun I mean. Fun stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I used to be doing the accessorial stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then at that time, um, and
0: how old were you at this time when they, when you I was of like Maybe
1: t- t- ten years old. Ten years okay. old. Okay. Ten years 10, old 10, in 11, family yeah. business,
0: right? You're, yeah. you're doing paperwork, invoicing, like you paperwork, said. Yeah, yeah. All right, talk to me. I'm listening.
1: So then, my cousins—they—they they were already, you know, they were already going to inherit businesses. Okay.
0: They
1: were already going to inherit trucks. I wasn't. I didn't realize that back then. But you know, but then uh, I left the house at 13. I started getting on the streets, uh, doing the wrong things with the wrong crowd. Uh, nothing I'm proud of. But I, I took—I take responsibility for anything. And I—I I got locked up at the age of 15. Uh, I was down in Jamesburg. I did about. Um, I came home at the age of 20. So about four, four, four years of some change, almost five years. I did down there. I really needed that. Okay. I, I, I do. Um, I'm not proud of what I did. I don't condone this type of behavior to anybody that's listening that, you know, this is not something that you should do. You shouldn't try to commit criminal acts. If anything, you should be a productive, honest member of society. I fucked up as a kid, my circumstances, but I still take responsibility. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but it, it was a blessing in disguise, too, because in there I got to open up my mind and understand a lot of the brothers, especially brothers from the hood, the ghetto, you know, so I started saying, what the struggles are, you know. What I mean, I started realizing my struggles ain't that bad compared to some of these other guys. <laughs> right. And a lot of a lot of my friends, uh, you know, they came out, they either got locked up or dead. So I just had an urgency when I got out, brother. I was like, yo, look, man, either it's this or I'm gonna die. Mm. Like the trade up. If I keep going down, and then I, the other thing is, my cousins and them, you know, I didn't look at it as a jealousy. Like I love them. I looked at it more like motivation. Like, all right, they got trucks going. I need to work and try to get up there. So my my first four or five years. I got out. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts and then I started working at different trucking companies. I started working at different trucking companies. I started getting experience, but I always wanted to get to that next level. So I kept like anything I fail, I fix. Eventually it got down to this company that I went to where it was called Chariot Express. Uh, it was two partners there. Uh, my, my future partner was my boss at the time. Okay. Um, so anyways, he was the, just a, a, a rich investor and, uh, they, uh, They were partners over there. I don't want to go into details of the other guy's name, but anyways, what happened (laughs) was they were they were both my bosses. And. um, Yeah, so I worked there for four months. I single handedly uh, managed 14 trucks by myself and everybody was seeing good revenue. We actually had a few guys uh, that were very, very happy for me uh, with me, but I had gotten a better job offer because, you know, uh, somebody was offering me an offer that I couldn't really refuse. They were telling me that, you know, they're going to give me a lot of money. And I just had to manage and be the operation manager of this company, right? Because that. So, uh, but but what happened was I just I I um I was gonna go there, and I told my bosses that this was gonna happen. Then uh, the my partner, my he was my boss at the time. He came to me and he said, "Man, you're not going nowhere. We're gonna start a company together, and I'm gonna make you my partner." Mm. So that was like a game changer for me because I never even thought that something like that could happen to me. You know what right. I mean? Because I was like, right. I was thinking like, I got a long time. I got to get to my 30s or 40s. But the thing about it is, man, if you keep struggling, what is luck? Luck is opportunity meeting preparation. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It's, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is actually just, you know, you're prepared for your opportunity. Right. So right. I was prepared for my opportunity because I was very disciplined at that time. I was like, and he's seen all that. He's like, this kid don't drink. He's, he's 24 years old. Everybody else drinking, smoking. He's just hungry.
0: He just want to work.
1: <laughs> you know, that's all it was. Everybody else will leave the office at 4 or 5. I'll be there till, like, 7 p.m., 8 p.m., still working. Or I'll take my work home with me, and I'll still be working. And, right. if, you know, at nighttime, they'll get calls from drivers at, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I'll be the one to answer. Everybody else will be asleep.
0: Right. So
1: they see all that. So they was like, you know, this kid really got something in him. So th- I, I, I don't think that's the thing. I just think that I have a, I had an urgency when I got out. Yeah, I didn't want to – because the more harder I work, the further I get away from where I came from. You know what I mean? I just didn't want to go back to there.
0: Right. So
1: uh, – so anyways, uh yeah, so from there, um once I became the boss, it was a different story though. I I started getting a little arrogant. Mm. I let it get I let success get to my head. So it's like yo, this you know, it's like you know, when multi it's like normal people seeing you and they 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 give you comments So they tell you like, hey man, you're doing your thing. You 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 special. Right. That's that's all right. That's all right. All right, this is my man, like he's just you know, local guy. But then when you see like a multimillionaire, he wants to make you his partner. He wants to invest $500,000 in your brain. Right. So at the, I didn't know how to handle it. I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't- At mm. the age of 24. So we still stuck around. He's still my brother, still like one of my closest friends. But uh I let the company get out of control a little bit because I allowed the outs- I-, I allowed my, my- I-, I allowed myself to just uh not be humble anymore. And I regret right. I not- I don't regret it, but it was a good learning lesson actually, because I needed that. But then um after that accident, you know, before that accident, I was getting arrogant, drinking, going out, partying, dropping three, four thousand in- in- at a club. You know, just not knowing where I come from. You know what I mean, and, right. and going to to this, to this, and and uh, in a way, like obviously with the death, it was and, and and the man being behind bars, it wasn't a fortunate thing. But in a way, it was a blessing for myself because I got to take the lesson from it. And I was like, you know, life is too short, and, and I got to be working towards my goals. I I had came from nothing to here. I can't just go back. So, you know, I got together with a few people. I had an influence. I have a good reputation in the business, and um. Yeah, I actually did try to go for a job with this guy with 100 trucks, and uh he 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 was from my community, but he didn't want to hire me because he's like, Yo, this guy got a neck tattoo. Like some people, <laughs> some people told him that oh, he got a neck tattoo, he got a bad past, he's not gonna be a good worker for you. Um he, he fucked up. He made say, <laughs> say he I mean. He would and that kind of drove drove me a little bit. I was like, yo, man, if that's how bosses are gonna come they yeah. can't accept me for who i am and they don't look at my my my, my brain but they look at my my outside physical this yeah. isn't this isn't gang related this is something from my past i i i uh, even if you know this is something artistic that that i like to uh to it's to, an uh, expression for, like, of yourself yeah. <laughs> exactly but, but but the thing is you know in the pakistani community you know we we don't have many people with all tattoos and stuff i, I understand that I have a tattoo and it. it might be against your moral judgment or whatever, but that doesn't make me a bad person. You don't know me, but anyways, the guy rejected me that really put some fire in my, in my right. tank. And that was got earlier you. this year. And then, <laughs> anyway, he did that. He, he fucked up there too, because that was like, you know what? I ain't gonna fail now.
0: Got you. Got you. All right. So, yeah. so just to kind of like, you know, put that all together. So basically, like you said, you got an opportunity in the business. You were doing really well as like a dispatcher operations manager. Uh, the, your, the, 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 boss of that company noticed your hard work. You were going to leave because you had another opportunity presented to yourself, but the boss yeah. was like, nah, you're not going nowhere. You're going to stick, you're going to stay with me yeah. and we, we, we going to put something together. So this was shark. This was shark logistics. What was the name of the company? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I named the company. It was shark logistics.
0: So so that yeah. so that's Shark Logistics. So you guys started building that company, right? But then you said it kind of got to your head and you kind of, you know, got, you started losing yourself a little bit. Yeah. T- tell me a little bit about, about growing Shark. Like, just, just talk a little bit about it, you know, just getting into the business, being new into the business, that transition. Now you're an owner. Oh, just talk oh. Just talk a little bit about that for me. I see it every
1: day now, but for me, it's so much clearer now than it was back then. If you go back to when I, when I did that, man, I didn't have no because the thing is so 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 it was all my my boss also had a dilemma too because the other guy that he was with his partner was robbing money from him mm. so and, and he was more so an investor he's he's a multimillionaire he was a more so an investor that wants somebody that 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 could uh because at the time this was uh 2017 2018 pharmacy was really his farm pharma, pharmacy business was really down it's back up now but you know of course with the pandemic but back then it wasn't uh it wasn't uh, it was going down you know what i mean so they were looking for another source of income so they met up with my other boss that was uh at, at that company and um before shark logistics i okay. don't want to say the company's name no anyways you don't um to. yeah yeah because he might tune in i don't want yeah, you know, yeah, 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 god, god bless him you know what i mean so anyways sure. uh so so anyways uh we started this other company shark logistics and shark logistics um it was tough, man. He was like he thought he thought that I I already knew this compliance stuff. See, I'm good at operations and dispatching. I didn't know what a, what a business owner like what you insurance and all this. I know mm. I know it. I know it better now than most insurance agents. But back then, <laughs> but back then I didn't know. I got right. ri- we got ripped off. We 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 got ripped off. We got ripped off all corners, uh, man. I had some horror stories there. <laughs> so so, the so, so,
0: he he basically had money. He didn't really have much industry knowledge or trucking experience. Yeah. And he was looking to you for that because he figured, oh, this, you know, this guy does operations really yeah. well. He must be able to do everything really well. So he basically yeah. put, put everything like on you, like, all right, you take care of the truck and I'll take care of the money. Yeah, basically. But, but, but you still we- had to learn and grow as far as like learn the business side of things.
1: Yeah, but I, I learned fast because uh, I, I didn't want to go back to being an employee. So I learned fast, and we we did we were we were successful. We had trucks running. Uh, we reinvested with more trucks uh, from Rage Truck Sales in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We bought a few trucks from there. They were, you know, we bought four four more trucks. Our fleet was growing. Um, but then when this accident happened, this was this changed up everything. So, um, the problem that happened with this accident, one of the things that I messed up on was I didn't have a. a a drug test on file for this guy. That should have been like like number one, you know what I mean? Because it's like a seventy five dollar drug test. If your driver can't do that, that means something's wrong. You 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 have to have a drug test on file, you know what I mean? But it would have never made a difference anyway because the accident was just it was a fatality, right? You know what I mean? Right. Even if he wasn't even if he wasn't on uh, drugs, they would have just let him out, and we still would have felt or oh, gotten the the lawsuits, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but at least it so, would have shown like due diligence, basically.
1: Yeah, it would. Well, we could have kept the company. We could have kept maybe that company or kept another company, but uh, uh we could have kept the Shark Logistics probably. But the problem is that it, it it was it was just really bad. You know, our trucks are still here. They're sitting in the in the lock. We're gonna get rid of them soon or or see what we want to do. You know what I mean? After yeah. the lawsuits, the lawsuits are almost over. Uh, okay. our insurance company was really good. They 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 were able to negotiate everything. Fatality was the most serious. Everybody else was just you know fender benders. They wanted money for their car stuff like that. So it wasn't it wasn't crazy. I, I feel bad for honestly for the family of the, the the victim who died. Yeah. And um yeah, and also my driver. Like I, you know, he's unfortunate that he put himself in that situation. Yeah,
0: for sure, um, for sure. How, yeah. how large did you guys grow Shark Logistics to be the fleet wise before that accident happened? Where were you guys at so, as far as assets?
1: We had about so we started off with two trucks and we ended up with like about so uh we ended up with the first year was more so a demo. We, we was, you know, I didn't know a lot about the compliance and the overhead stuff. Okay. So that's what I utilize now to help these new entrepreneurs that are getting this business. So they don't have to go through what I went through and uh, help them make a profit. But what happened back then was um, we started off with two and we ended off with six.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: About six trucks. Yeah.
0: Got you. And you guys were uh, over the road operation, OTR.
1: Over the road, yeah. Based out of Jersey, we would do mostly just do Virginia, North Carolina back. Okay. I, I'm really, I was really good at making a profit because I try to look at what we're saving versus what we're making. Because I try to put my emotional intelligence to an individual, but the company. Even any company that I've ever worked at, it wasn't my emotional intelligence was not with the boss. It was with the company. I wanted to see what's in the best interest of the company. Mm. Most people they'll try to look at revenue and see, hey, this is how much revenue we're making, so we're doing good. But you got, a, you got a lot of costs in this business. Also, you, people don't realize that when they send drivers to certain places like Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, yeah, you'll get more money. But the problem is how time-consuming is that? I like one-day transits. I like volume. You know what I mean? I like structuring in my companies now. Um, and that's how I've been able to help 30 companies plus because I failed on that one company and I learned from it. And right. I decided to help others. And uh, there wasn't a lot of people. Made. There was a guy, I think, Alex Good Energy, I think you know him too, probably. He was the only one really doing this back then uh, to help people. First, I was just, you know, helping people as much as I can. And then I started getting on social media and started making a YouTube series. My YouTube series, uh, the last part is about to come out um, the next month in December, probably the first week of December. Uh, That's the final series. We got a few thousand views. Uh, It also landed, you know, we we got a few thousand views on that. And uh, people really tuned in. And a lot of people learned a lot from it. You know what I mean? I got a lot of engagements through it. There's yeah. a veterans of the industry that got 20, 30 years that went and seen that series. If anybody wants to check it out, it's a YouTube, you consulting, uh, the letter, you consulting.
0: No doubt. Definitely check that out and shout to my brother, Alice. Good energy. That is my brother for sure. For sure. Um, all right. So let's talk about it. Cause you, you do, you specialize in OTR operations right over the road. And most people starting in this business are normally going to have to run an OTR operation right before they get some type of dedicated or, or local lane, you're usually going to start OTR. So let's kind of talk about that. Let's, let's give a little bit of a, a, a mini consulting, you know, uh, on, on, on this podcast, if, if if you don't mind, is that yeah, all right yeah, with you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, yeah, cool, cool. So, so in your in your opinion, from your perspective, from what you've learned over the years, what are the key ingredients to running a successful over-the-road operation?
1: Okay, first off, remember one thing: any any business, but but specifically just trucking, your team matters. You understand what I'm saying? Your team matters because. There, there's this business is not regulated. They got fuel advances. They got all types of ways where uh, a business owner could get robbed. You know what I mean? Basically, like I, this happened to me, like your truck drivers could take advantage of you, especially if you're new. And also remember one thing that when you go to to, to insurance, insurance agents are making 10% off of whatever they make off of you. And if you're a new business owner, they're going to try to give you a high premium so they make 10% off of you. So there's a lot of ways when right when you enter the business, right? You open up your company, your MCDOT, you start getting plagued I'm talking about plagued with calls of promotions of this service, that service, this service. And as a new business owner, why do 80% of new business owners fail in this business? Because they could buy the truck, they could get the company, but then people are just constantly just trying to rip them off in the beginning. Then you have to go through what I went through my first year and then learn, you know what I mean? Or you just to call it quits and never want to do it again. So I feel though you have to have the right team, the right guidance, you know, how? like just there, there's, there's, if you want to make a profitable business, a profitable trucking company, you have to have the right team and the right, right guidance. If you're not having the right guidance, like I actually had one of my boys, he paid somebody $6,000. He's still going through some trouble. He just texted me that he got a revocation uh, from DOT. This guy got him into OTR trucking with a day cab. Hmm. And I'm like, how are you going to do OTR trucking with a day cab? He said, yo, dude, I paid this guy $6,000. He told me that he was going to do this, that, that he's going to open up my company, make it profitable. You know what I mean? I'll tell you something. I... I don't even charge anybody until they start making a profit. That's how I do it because that gives me a placebo effect. Some people, you know, it depends on what type of work. If they need me to do something, maybe small charges for like 100, 200, 300 here that I need to get done that's requiring my resources and time. But most of the time, it's like, let's get the company started. And then once we start making a profit, we'll go from there. Right. You know what I mean? So that gives me more incentive. but, But the thing is, your team has to matter and the guidance you get plagued in this business as soon as you enter you start getting those thousands of emails thousands of calls you, you know what i mean there's also what those those DOT programs they send you out letters asking you for money what's that you know what i mean even though that's not even DOT it's just a company that says DOT their name DOT so they're sending you out money and a lot of people end up paying these people right right you know what i mean so you're just it's the it's right a lot
0: a lot a lot, lot of scam artists out there that take advantage of new MCs yeah. and new DOT numbers because they know that that people are fresh in the game and that's that's the probably the best time to be able yeah. to tell you that they need this. They need that. You're going to need this. And and, and you're going to just write a check because you're new in the business and you're green and you say, all right, yeah, it says I need it. It says DOT on the top of it. Let me go ahead and get it. By the time you realize you've been scammed, that check is already that check has been cashed. They, they ran away with your money, you know. So, yeah, 100 percent.
1: Is- the thing is, my, my, my partner, right, he he taught me a very important lesson. He's a millionaire. He's a genius. He's an intelligent guy in his field. So him getting scammed up before he met me and him not being successful in this business was inexcusable. The problem was that as soon as he tried to enter, so the guy, his first partner, um, said, you know, he, he paid him $30,000 sign-on bonus and gave him $250,000 to start the business. You know what he did with that money? 30,000 he he used for, for, you know, he used for his wedding. (laughs) He flew out his homies to Jamaica and stuff. And, uh, the rest of the money he, he, uh, used. He, he, the rest of the money, basically he started laundering in a way he was, he would get repairs done on his trucks and act like he's doing it for the other guy's truck. And he bought him like four shitty trucks. That was like $10,000 each. Mm. It's like 40,000 there. You got $280,000 and my partner showed me the bank statements. So I know this is true. This isn't bullshit. And I've seen the, the, the money go from $250,000 in cash all the way down to $3,000. Wow. And I looked at the transactions and I'm looking at this repair shop, that repair shop, Easy Pass. This isn't even for his trucks. This is for the guys, his own personal trucks. So he was just running him as a footbill and basically <laughs> just making all profit.
0: Oh, There's man. a lot
1: of people out there like that. Like two of my clients, right? One of my clients from Georgia, uh, you know, they, they had... You know, it's the same race, the person that that they were working with. And this person basically had them buy trucks. And the way he did it was he made them buy a truck. He said uh, he made a deal with the guy. It was these 2012 Freightliners. And nobody was buying 2012 Freightliners because they know, you know, got a lot of issues. Those are the the test dummies for DEF and stuff. And a lot of people were having issues with those 2012 Freightliners. So there was a a guy who wanted to sell four of his his, uh, Freightliners. He said, get it sold for me. Get three sold for me at 80,000 and I'll give you one for free. He got three sold for 90,000. So he made an extra 10,000 plus a free truck. Mm. Mm. So, what I do, right? When somebody comes to me, I tell them, you got to go to the dealership. And I got a good relationship with Ray. So, Ray, you know, he gives me a referral fee of $250. That's cool by me. Because at the end of the day, I want somebody to get in this business and and know that they could trust me, know that they'll be happy. And if anything happens, they can go back and talk to Ray. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want your money until you start making a profit. Because think about it. See, my, my 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 the way I do it is a lot better because I get weekly income. Whether it could be a 200 dollars, three hundred dollars, you know, uh, per per person, I'm actually making more profit now I did than I than I than I have with my own company, Truck Logistics. Mm. And, and and that's crazy because I don't yeah. own any more. I mean, I don't have any trucks now.
0: Right, right, right. For I sure, mean, I still have sure.
1: my truck, but they can't move because we right, right now the, you're the pending
0: lawsuit. pending a lawsuit, so yeah. you're you're waiting to see what happens with that. Now I got Absolutely. you. So, okay. So you said your team, so you started with that. You said you got to make sure you have the right team around you. So who, who's your team? You, you know what I mean? Like, like, what is the proper team to have? I guess that's the better question.
1: Uh, I got a lot of people on my team. Uh, I got, I got a guy named in Washington He's one of my partners, uh, I helped him. So he was a, he was an owner operator getting jerked around for three years. Uh, he lives over here in Pennsylvania. He's like my brother real close to me. Um, so, he uh, was getting jerked around for three years. Then I helped him. I was like, hey, look, stop paying these guys and stop working with these owner operators. I mean, stop being an owner operator working with these companies because what was happening was I'm looking at these statements and they're not making no sense of how much money he's making. So they're not going to send you the real Raycon because obviously they're going to shave some money off the top. So imagine there's a load that you're picking up as an owner operator from Jersey to uh, PA. Now, the rate confirmations they can either edit it or they could just send you uh, uh, one of their own company kind of thing, like a company transaction that oh you only made a thousand, but you actually was the load was actually for fifteen hundred. Right. Now as a now as an owner operator, you gotta you gotta make sure that you fully transparent and make sure they they get paid. So Kain was just getting robbed, man, left and right, and he got with me. I helped him open up Lighting Transport. We opened up Lighting, and his first month he did forty five thousand dollars in revenue. We got a contract contracted with A two B Logistics, the 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 guy over there, the owner Mike from uh. From uh, Chicago was a really good friend of mine. He uh, he gives me contracted lanes. These are these uh, Dollar General contracted lanes. Okay. So me and him work together. I basically work for him in a way as a uh, brokering out loads for him to my guys. So basically, it's power only loads. You got to help a little bit, but I put Kate on that in Iowa, and uh, there was actually the on the on my YouTube channel. It's a video of him uh, testimony testimony on that. And okay. then I got um, I got F one court carriers uh, down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Isan Noble and Shafiq, those are my two brothers, too. they you know, they're part of my team down there in Atlanta. And then I have on point logistics, uh, Qu- uh Tamika and uh, Frank really good people, family people. All I got all good people in my team, that's why I'm very exclusive. I don't I don't like to work with certain people, you know what I mean? Because I want to work with people that are driven just like me, that wanna, want to win, they want to elevate and uh, because and live a better life, you know what I mean?
0: Got you for sure. All right, cool. So we talked about teams, so what's the next thing? Uh, that we have to, what's, what's the next key, the next key ingredient to run a successful uh, OTR company? We knocked out well, team.
1: Team is knocked out. Next thing is compliance. You want to make sure that the compliance part is done. So you want to know that when you're opening up your MC number, your DOT number, everything is done properly. You got the right permits for whichever state. You know what I mean? I have my lady, Angela Truckers over here, Raquel. She does all that for me. And she's her rates is better than any other rates uh, that I've seen. I've been around all these compliance offices because the thing is, I got too much on my plate to be uh, to be doing compliance work, too. You know what I mean? Because right. My main expertise is to, to structure a company and make it profitable, make it very profitable. So the thing about it is I like to stay focused on that and I have the right people. So I have her. Um, she helps do all the compliance stuff. She manages 2,000 companies. She manages all their like taxes, everything. Uh, she she's the truth. NJ Truckers, they're in Newark, New Jersey. This lady, uh, you know, very hospitality, family kind of feeling they yeah. give you over there, and the best best rates in in New Jersey, in my opinion. I don't think that I haven't found anybody that got better rates than her.
0: Yeah, so, I've I've heard of Raquel and NJ Truckers. I've, I I yeah. know some people that work with them. I've heard good things about them for sure.
1: I love her. She she's in my part one of my video series of learning uh, OTR trucking. Okay. She's in part, part one, she she's she's the one uh part one. Actually, that was actually the most viewed one too.
0: Okay. Uh, so
1: she she's in part one and she breaks down uh compliance to my viewers, my people, she does that. Um th- then the next step is getting the right truck. Mm. You gotta find the right truck. Now that's Talk a tough about one, that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say let's go into that a little bit. Uh,
1: that's a tough one. It it now it depends on what your budget is like, whether you're buying cash or your 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 um your credit score is good and you wanna do finance, you know what I mean? So the thing is, it's a plus if you have a CDL, a huge plus because the finance. Co- if you can't pay cash, because the finance companies uh w- will understand uh, that that you're you're somebody that's already in the uh, in the game. You're not just like an investor trying to freelance. So there's a better chance that they could get their money back. So they'll be they'll be more inclined to give you a better a better rate. That's why I be telling people like you know instead of if you're a truck driver and you got the like a good credit score and a little bit down payment, you should just go get your own truck. You'll make a lot more money. You could probably make uh, three, four times more money than working for another company per week. You'll accelerate at the pace that you grow because at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to grow. Um, So buying the right truck, but that's if you have a CBO. Now, for new investors, it all depends. I would recommend, uh, you know, I usually recommend my guys like Freightliners because Freightliners, the parts are cheap. um, 2015 and up, you know what I mean? As long as the mileage is good, you don't want to get something with high mileage above 500000 Usually the lifetime of a, of a truck is a million. And you also want to be careful. So I get my mechanic to check out the truck. Anytime I buy a truck, I got a mechanic who, who, who who's very close to me and who I trust. I take him over there to go check out the truck. He puts in a computer, make sure the transmission, engine, and everything is good. And that's the other reason I like to go to a dealership like Ray's because Ray got um, Ray got a really good reputation too. Uncles okay. have been shopping for him for 30 years. That's how I know know them. So Ray and Lewis, the, they're the two partners. He's actually in my part two buying the right truck uh on my YouTube series, learning OTR trucking. So you gotta you gotta when 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 you go in, you don't want to buy a truck, you want to do your full research, take your time, do your due diligence, test drive it, everything. Cause that's that's if that thing messes up, then you're done, especially the engine and transmission. You don't want problems with that. You don't want to rebuild the engine, especially if you're a first-time buyer. You want to be very, very cautious, and even if you have to buy something a little bit higher, I would recommend doing it because at the end of the day, it's an investment. You know what I mean? Right,
0: right, right. If it's
1: really, it really would be worth it if you, if you but if you're giving it to a, 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 a driver, you got to be even more careful. Nowadays, a uh, manual, you know, they don't even give a uh, manual drivers; they coming out no more. It's all automatic drivers. For you sure. got to get automatic trucks if you're an investor. If you, but if you drive your own truck, I would recommend manual if you if you know how to drive it. So we covered a team, uh, compliance, buying the right truck. Now, the the one that comes after this is insurance. You got to register your truck. You got to go back to compliance, register your truck after you get the insurance. How do you get the insurance? So state insurance or progressive. I don't like progressive if you're trying to scale out. The reason I don't like progressive is because progressive, if you change small things on your policy, they'll up it right away. They'll up you and you'll be you'll be messed up, man. You'll be getting paid like uh you'll, you'll be paying a lot. That's happened to me before. State insurance is good, but the state insurance goes on on um where you park your truck. So you want to make sure that your truck parking is in a good place. You don't want to be in a high risk area like right up here, Hudson County or or even south, uh, you know, Camden area by close to Philly. That's high risk area, especially up here closer to New York. Like if you got a parking in Morristown, you know what I mean? They don't look for estate insurance, doesn't look for leases. They look for through Google Maps. So, you know, that's a hint. And you also want to be very, you want to get, if you're doing OTR trucking, you want a million dollars minimum. That minimum is $750,000 per uh, the federal guidelines, but you want a min- minimum of a million. Million dollars liability insurance. You want a minimum of 100000 cargo insurance. You could get 250000 but it's not really necessary. Ninety percent of the brokers require a hundred thousand and a million, a hundred thousand cargo, a million dollars liability, and then you got to get physical damage insurance. You got to cover your vehicle, your asset. You understand what I'm saying, or whatever the value of that is. And then you also have to keep in mind if you're a new person or just first time insured, getting insured, you have to be wary of who you go to. There's two people that I really trust. It's, there's an insurance company. One of my really good friends, his name is John. John Belgender, he he owns an insurance company in uh, Bridgewater. John uh, is actually in part three of my learning OTR series. Uh, It's titled insurance. And we talk about insurance. We break down, you know, stuff about insurance. So you go to him for insurance or you could go to Karna for insurance. This is another lady in, in North Bergen. She's really good, too. You just have to be careful because you will find certain insurance agents. Their their goal is to charge you higher. That's how they're incentivized by the financial companies, by the finance company, and by, by, by the insurance companies. They're they're incentivized to charge you more, whether you're new or old. You know, they're gonna get 10% of whatever they charge you. So uh, and even in some offices, if it's an employee, they get incentivized to get paid, they'll they'll make more money when they when they are, get you a higher percent higher rate. So, what you want to do is you want to try to be of and try to get the best rate if you in Jersey that's where most of my guys are from i would recommend you know most of my guys i get them under 25000 you know what i mean i had a guy that 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 came to me um for his insurance he went to a lady and got for his first quote was 60000 mm. i got him down to 19900 through my lady in, in Karna for everything mm. full coverage another mm. guy his his quote was like 35000 i got him down to 25000 because you have to realize, you have to understand so, See, there's some things I can't speak about on the podcast because, you know, there's just some legalities to it that I can't re- re- release. But I trust me, sure. uh, I know more than some of these insurance agents probably do as far as that goes, because I got screwed over. So I started reading the books. I started putting my head in the books. Cause one thing I do is I learn from failure. If I fail, I don't look at the negatives. I look at what did I learn, what can I improve for the future and that's that's uh where insurance i i I became i got it down to the t because at the end of the day insurance is a commodity you know what i mean whatever it says on that paper that's what you're going to be covered for whether you pay a hundred thousand or you pay five thousand that that's irrelevant to the federal government right as long as you covered on that piece of paper you covered. right and then after you get insurance you have to uh you have to get the work work is there's no set rules you know if you go to a (laughs) You go to Walmart, you can pick, like, if you want toothpaste, you can get it for $2. Or if you want toothbrush, you can get it for a dollar. You know what I mean? There's no set, like, there's no set regulation. There's no set prices. You could get paid however, how, how you can negotiate. And I'm going to give you some secrets here for your viewers. Talk to me. I love, I, I, we love the secrets, baby. This is what <laughs> uh, we want.
0: So, the sauce. Talk to us.
1: So, so, look, I don't got no supervisor on top of me, right? But I always use this tactic. Even when I did it, I didn't. You know, sometimes, you know, you you got to, you got you to gotta see, I have a sixth sense now because I've been doing this for so long. And I deal with so many brokers that I have a sixth sense that what broker could, how much he can give, you know what I mean? In a way. So it's not about how much you can make in this industry. It's how much you can negotiate. Mm. You got to, you, you got to read between the lines when you are booking the load, you got to get the full information. Like, Hey, this is picking up here. This is doing this. And you got to look at the negative points of this that'll affect you. You put those negative points, oh, man, it's a late pickup. This guy's going to be empty in the morning. I got to check with my boss. I put him on hold. There might not even be a boss. Hey, come back. Listen, uh, my boss wants to be at 1,200. They want it to be at 800. Now, what you do is they're going to try to haggle up you. Can you do nine? Talk to your boss. See If you can do nine, you put him back on hold. Ain't no boss, but you come back after a minute. Listen, my boss is saying, let's just meet right in the middle at 1,000. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They probably nine times out of 10, they're going to say yes. And if they can't say yes, you ho- stuck stick to your guns. You'll find some other work. You know what I mean? Just keep looking. You just got to keep trying. You got to keep cold calling and just check everything. I, I, I use I employ a few track things, but I also, see, I'm also a broker. I, I work with uh, with Vital Transport and I and I broker out loads for them and A2B. You know what I mean? So the thing is I broker out loads. So I have a good relationship with a lot of brokers that I've built over the years and months. Uh, like the owner of Tallgrass Freight, he pays real well uh, for his freight going to Virginia. They they pay like four or five dollars a mile. Um, he's a really I'm good guy
0: What is that?
1: It's it's Cracker Barrel stuff, like five thousand pounds you pick up in Cranberry, take it down to Virginia. He pays like he pays good money, and okay. uh, he takes care of my guy like five dollars a mile. So we do like with him with him we go down for twelve, come back from from Virginia to Jersey for another twelve. That's twenty four hundred dollars round trip to Virginia 600 miles six times four that's 24 so you four dollars a mile that's the type of numbers you want to look for you know what I mean yeah. that's where your profitability will be like above 40 percent you want to try to keep that profit profit margin above 40 percent most people in this industry is around 20 to 25 percent all my guys are above 40 percent because I I'm really like as far as like me talking to people uh outside of work, it's different. I'm a different person, but when it comes to work mode, I'm a shark. I have no choice. I'm very confident in what I say too, so that really helps me um, make my case. You know what I mean with anybody, but
0: yeah, got you for sure. So, give, so, so, give, give, give us some more. Give us some more ninja tricks, man. I want to hear some more some more uh, negotiating tactics that you that you've used over the years because th- this is the stuff that people can really take and that's really tangible. Okay. You know, they can okay. apply to their own business.
1: Okay. Okay, there's ninja tricks, but the th- <laughs> I, I don't know. All right, so, so 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 the thing about it, first off, I would say this: don't pick up heavyweight. You want to you want to be you want to be mindful of that. You want to keep the deadhead low. You know what I mean? And you want to try to keep the volume up. How do you keep the volume up? You 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 think like a driver. You got to make sure you also got to understand what your driver is going through, where what routes he's taking, and how long it's going to take him. If you send a guy from Virginia to Massachusetts, you might get that load done in two days versus one day when I in Massachusetts or somewhere up there, Connecticut, Maine, you you just got to have an understanding of the regions. You know what I mean? If you have an understanding of the regions, you could build up your volume and make more profit, make more money. The the problem is that a lot of people just look at the numbers. They'll just be like, oh, damn, this low going up to Massachusetts is paying $2,400, but this low going to Jersey is paying $1,400. The low going to Jersey is probably better because if you go up to Mass, first off, coming out of there, you're not going to get nothing. They pay like $400 to come back to Jersey. So you're going to lose there and you got to pay more tolls and you're going to take more time, more more miles. So you you got to really look at what you're saving and think like a driver. That's how I do it. And that's always work. But my negotiating skills, man, it's just this is really good because when when these guys, when the brokers come to me, that's, you know, it, it would be really on a on a scenario where I could really show it. But I can't. I mean, there's there's people out there that, that have testified to to that been on three way with me. Yeah, uh, and, and if you look at my IG or something, or you'll you'll see like, so hey, you know. like Yo, I've been on the phone. I've been on the phone with him. Lady wanted to be at fourteen hundred. He got her up to two thousand. <laughs> people seen that, you know what I mean? It's no just a, I know, I know how to talk, and I know how to, you know. It's just a, it's just a game, and, 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 and not game, but it's, see, I can't. Remember, I don't know who be watching your show, so I don't know if there's brokers watching it. You know, I get. Trouble, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I gotta be careful too, my brother. I gotta, nah, no no doubt,
0: no doubt. I feel you. I feel you. So, yeah. so if you if you had to narrow it down to one key. What's the most important key in negotiating if you had to narrow it down to one thing? You have to put
1: state your case. State your case. So, so what I say is, hey, how, you know, you start off, hey, how's it going? I was interested in your logo from New Jersey, Cranberry, New Jersey, going to uh, Richmond, Virginia. They're like, yeah, uh, you know, they, they break it down for you. Oh, it's going to pick up at 3 p.m. It's 45,000 pounds. It's going to deliver tomorrow at 2 p.m. And then it's going uh, it, to, it has a one stop in, in Maryland. Uh, okay, what, what kind of rate are you doing, ma'am? Uh, She's going to be like, 900. Uh, I can't do 900. they probably going to be like, what, what can you do? I'm like, hey, listen, first off, it's too heavy. You know what I mean? Just for the weight alone, that costs me more fuel. Then I got to make them stop. I got to pay the driver extra for that. Then I got to go down to Richmond. I'm going to need $1,400 for this load. A lot of times they say Yes. or they'll they'll meet me close, or they'll meet me close. You got to just state your case. Like, hey, this is the expenses that I have, you know? Because at the end of the day, you're negotiating. This isn't a set price. right? So they're negotiating. They're bargaining with you. You bargain back. You just got to let them know your case. Hey, man, look, I I, I got insurance payments. I got this, that, the third. I got to make sure my guys, look, don't be scared. People get scared, especially if you're an employee. See, the reason I was able to become the boss at such a young age, especially with my past middle school education, um, ex-con, orphan, was because I'm a shark, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I, I would do everything, anything to make sure that my team wins. Yeah. So, But the problem with a lot of people, they get scared. They're like, you know, they're not confident when they say it. You gotta be confident and you gotta, it, it, at the end of the day, an alpha recognizes another alpha. A beta will, will not make it, you know, it's just the it's yeah. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the law of the jungle. You know, you have to be able to be a shark when you're yeah. working. And it's not to say that you're trying to rip somebody off. And then also you gotta, Not to give you an example. Friday. I had a local load picked up from Jersey to Jersey. One of my guys, his authority isn't active yet. It's gonna be active. Uh, uh, actually, it's uh active on Monday. It was a load, so he did a load from Jersey to Jersey for 250. One of my regular brokers, Vital, right? So I was like, uh, I called up the guy. I'm like, hey, uh, you doing a second load? He said, nah, he didn't give me no second load, cause he said it's sold for Thanksgiving. So I was like, you know what? Let me go on the load board and check right now. I'll find something right now. I found a load. From Cranberry, New Jersey, going to Dayton, New, no, 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 sorry, sorry. From from Dayton, New Jersey, going to Surreville, New Jersey. And it's a very short, I think it's like 30 miles, 25, 30 miles. Yeah. Um. So, so I got that load and he wanted to be a 250, 250 or 300. I told him I wanted to be a four. We, 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 we ended at 350. Okay. Got the load for 350. Driver picks it up, gets to the delivery. There's a container blocking the docks. They want my driver to move that.
0: They want my your driver, driver to move somebody else's container.
1: No, there was a container blocking the docks. Yeah. So then um the guy, the 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 bro, so so I, so the so the so the so my driver tells me this and he's like, Sam, I'm just gonna move it out the way. I said, No, you're not.
0: Right. Liability.
1: Go, no, it's not even about liability that we're not, we just contracted to pick up that load and deliver it. That's what our job description is,
0: right?
1: I, I'm not obligated to do that unless are you paying me. I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't a charity. It's about profit. You're trying to make money. This isn't, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I know that some might be like, "Oh, you being petty, Sam," but I'm gonna give it to you how it is. I'm a shark. I need to make some money. I need yeah, to yeah. make sure that this money gonna feed my feed my feed my company. My company's gonna feed me. Why not? So, anyways, not? I so, so the guy was like, uh, the driver was like, "All right," but you know, then then the supervisor supervisor got on the line of the bear. I was like, "Yo, you can't just do this." I said, "No." He said, "All right, then just leave your trailer out there," uh, and what? Well, we'll d- take care of it later on. We don't have, we can't do anything with that. So I said, no, that's, you, you, You. do you own that trailer? The guy said, no. Said, so who are you to tell me to leave my trailer out there? I'm here to deliver this. If this load doesn't get delivered, then we are returning it. So then what happened was the broker calls me and I, I called the broker and I explained to him the situation. So then the broker was like, Sam, uh, how much would you charge me to, to move that trailer? I said a hundred dollars. So he said, uh, let me check with my customer. Customer came back, said, no, go. So I said, "All right. So what do you want to do now? You're still gonna have to pay me detention, right?" So then the guy, the guy was like, "The guy was like, Can you go return the tr- Can you go return the load?'" I said, "Sure." So how much are you gonna charge me for that? I said, "The same amount that I charge you to bring it here." <laughs> Guess what? They paid right. me the same amount that I charged to bring it here. So we did about a thousand dollars worth of work in like six, sixty miles.
0: Right, 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 you right. You
1: understand what I'm saying? So, so you have to be a shark, and you have to understand six senses on these things. You know what I mean? Like, for
0: instance, uh. Actually, no, I can't even say that one. <laughs> I got
1: to, I can you know, I, I don't know, I don't know who be listening to your podcast, my brother. So man,
0: nobody's anything. listening, man. It's just me and you, bro. It's just me and you. Nobody's I you. listening. I, I, I trust you, Ramel. So there was one of my guys, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, one of my guys. What happened was his his truck truck broke down. Right, his truck broke down, and the broker didn't have a load for him to pick up. But we had a deal with this broker that his truck, like, like if, if, if there's no load, we'll still get paid layover. And I'm telling my layover was like $750 per day. So I emailed them, hey, uh, any update on the load? And that's it. Usually I'd be beasting like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Where's the load? Send me layover. But I just sent them one small email, you know, hoping that they will not respond to it. They didn't. Right. My guy was getting his truck repaired. And then the next day, I didn't say nothing. I didn't email them nothing. I just let it left it alone. The guy was still getting his truck repaired. The truck repair cost like $1,000. Right. So then finally... Monday they got back to me like listen, Sam, we're sorry you missed out two days of work. I was like, Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and they was like, Are you guys paying for this? Right. And I got fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, no it was with, with it was with my brother K and it was with K and Kane <laughs> took the thousand dollars to 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 fix his repair and gave me five hundred. That's it. You know, we just do uh, you got you got to be able to understand that this business is a lot of opportunities. Some people look at it as dangerous that, that you can't you have to bargain and you have to negotiate prices, but that's the opportunity to me. Right, I could get more money out of that. My right. my guys gross even company drivers gross about six to seven thousand a week minimum, and then the the, the owner operators just drive in they gross uh, upwards of seven eight thousand. Sometimes even close. Uh, Kane uh, did a week of, uh, on the on the over the road for ten thousand one hmm. one time. One of my guys Frank he did close to ten thousand too. So, so so, the thing is, you just have to be able to route them properly. You have to understand and you have to think like a driver. If you're going to send somebody, make sure they can deliver the next day. You're sending them out to two-day transits. See, a lot of people are lazy. They'll they'll, they'll book a load. See, for me, it's easier to, to, to send somebody out on a three-day trip, five-day trip. But that's not going to give the company profit. That's going to make my life easier. But the thing is, man, I'll tell you one thing. I like to take the hard route because you learn more from the hard route. You can't learn shit from the easy route. See, if I do daily work, it keeps me up and alert. And then the next day, I know that i got to do this. Some people, they start doing this stupid shit. Oh, let me, if this guy's in Jersey. Let me send his ass to Texas. So I don't got to be dealing with him for three days. Or he's from Jersey. Let me send him out to Cali or somewhere where I don't have to deal with him for three or four days. You keep doing that long enough, you eventually going to become a lazy guy. and You, you probably are already, but you're going to become more lazy. And you're not going to have the drive and ambition to keep going. Yeah. The reason I, I'm there is because I'm with my guys, interacting with them every day, with ten different companies, and we're we're out there hustling, making it out. You know, mostly me, it's a one man army. Anybody calls me a problem, I don't want to hear that stuff in the middle. Let's get to the solution.
0: Right, right. Let's get
1: to the solution. Let's get the solution. Let's keep it moving. So that's so that's a, that's as far as goes. Um, that's that's getting the work now. Safety. So so safety is the last thing that I would say that you have to be in touch with. You have to have a, a drug test on file for your driver. You got to have an employment packet on file for your driver. You got to make sure that, that your 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 company is structured that way. You want to have fuel cars with controls. You don't want to have fuel cards or give them credit cards, debit cards. That'll just ruin it. Because the thing is, you you have to understand, uh, uh, you have to understand human behavior. You cannot give somebody if you if you give if you leave a, if you leave some milk out for a cat. I mean, I don't know if cats drink milk, but <laughs> the same goes. The same goes because I have cats. So, but the same yeah. goes. Cats, you know, if you leave milk out for the cats, they'll drink it. Right. So just like that, if you don't have structure in your company, and you act like somebody new, or somebody that doesn't have confidence in his business, see, that's why I, they can't mess with me. Because the drivers, they'll try to get over on a new owner, but if I'm there, they can't do it. Right. I know the tricks. I don't. I do not got robbed before. I don't have people that close friends of mine that are drivers that did it to me. So I just add the proper structure now. It's like you know, so they'll take. They'll, they'll sometimes you'll, you'll have a problem. I'm not saying all drivers. Drivers are amazing people. They they work hard. It's a very tough job for them. But there are some bad fish, you know. What I mean, it's like that in any industry you see with the cops and stuff. You know, there's majority of them are very good people, but there's there's bad fishes, and you can't really have bad fishes in any industry. But if you have it in your business, that's cancer. You need to get rid of cancer right away. So you have to find it and see how it goes. In the beginning, the way I test out a drivers, right? I I give them everything. I got this little structured uh document of what their instructions are. It's very easy. I'm very easy going. I send out the work, give them short runs, see how, how they go. Then I ease them in next week. I don't bother my guys. A lot of people think that, oh, this is a new business. Everybody's going to be excited as me. You have to get your expectations straight. You're happy. Yes, but don't get excited and do something like get all in the guys. You know, this guy's driving, working. Let him do his thing. A lot of drivers don't even like to get bothered. They're, they're on the road d- talking to their people. on the open road. They chilling. Right. They don't want to be bothered. When you're putting stress on them, when you put putting pressure on them and they're on top of work, working on the road and they got your equipment in hand, that's not right. And then you people, especially employers, they got too high expectations of drivers. So, I mean, like, I don't mean it in a bad way. I meant like. You can't expect somebody to have the same drive as you if you own the business. Right. Because they because at the end of the day, they got a set salary. That's not fair to them. You could make your salary. I got weeks where I can make five thousand or ten thousand. I got weeks where I can make. I'm talking about profit. I got right. weeks where I can make this or that, you know, but at the end of the day, they, they got a set salary. So they're they gonna they, they only they could only they they're stuck between this little line, you know what I mean? Right. So the right. problem is you you can't be having unfair expectations and try to, you know, a lot of employees, employers they try to control everything. That's not right either. Give them a little freedom, let them prove their worth until they give you a reason not
0: to. So you have like, to have structured like safety. I like that. How do you find your drivers?
1: Well, we use a, a few different tactics, but I also have a very, very good reputation in the industry as far as people that work, most of my drivers would be with me long term, man. I just I just I don't try to be like because you have to understand the motives and intentions of people. Sometimes a boss or employer, you know, might might have something going on in their house or something going on in their personal life that they, they just want to be control or something. Like this, it's a control thing. Right. Like you don't have to control this guy. Just get the work. What's your what you got? I, I put motives and intentions uh very big. So uh, even the reason I started shark logistics because sharks would, would travel thousands of miles for prey. And we would do the same for freight. You know what I mean? And sharks right. are, are vicious. We are right. also vicious as far as moving stuff. Right. So the, pro, the, 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 the that's why I named the company Shark Logistics. But at the same time, the, 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 when you get a driver, right, you have to understand each individual is different. But but I do have a set way. One thing I've learned is that they don't like to be bothered. They, they just want to do their job. You send them to work. If they give you a reason, they're late. Ask them what's going on. You don't want to be pushing the guy and going to him crazy and saying something crazy to him. If he got late, all right, talk to the broker, find a solution. If he does it three times, find his replacement, get him out of there, get a new person in there. What else are you going to do? You can't yell at him. That's not your kid. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Just, just tell him, hey, look, man, this is the second or third time. If you're an easygoing boss, your life will be a lot easier. The mm. problem is that a lot, of, a lot of people, they just want control. You don't need to have control. This, you know, you let them do. Let them prove. That you know, people don't understand the difference between be, have, being a business owner and being self-employed. You're a business owner. You have people that are that are supposed to take control of certain pieces of your company. People want to just control the whole thing, control the driver. That's not. He's. You are employing him for his time. You are not his owner. Right. Right. You understand. So people mess that up, and they don't understand that. And that's. I see that all the time. I got one guy. He's like, I want to put. I, I just listen to it because I don't you know, me personally, bro. If somebody wants to do something, God bless you. You man. wanna try something, God bless you, do it. I had one guy, man, he said I'm gonna put cameras in the truck. And I'm like, man, you wanna put cameras in the truck? That dude could be in there masturbating. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's doing like. Like, come on, man. That's his home in a way. Why are you gonna put cameras? It's like you're putting somebody in a fishbowl, bro. <laughs> you wanna put cameras in the damn truck. I mean, I understand. No, he didn't meant like outside, like you know, I know the dash, yeah, no, dash cams. Yeah, the dash cams he said, I want to see inside if that guy's ever doing drugs. I'm like, yo, you don't even know if this guy is or is not, but you put a camera, you predispositioning all this stuff to you. Why don't you just let them prove their worth? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you got insurances. You gonna be covered if something happens. Hmm. And see, a lot of them, it's a control thing. And that's just very small minded thinking. You're never going to be able to scale into a bigger thing when you try to control everything. I don't mind not controlling everything. I mean, I get the work, the structure, if they fuck up, we'll address it then. But other than that, that's all I have an easy life. That's why I'm able to manage 10 companies mostly by myself. All I have right. other people, but I don't really trust, you know, a lot of people because I I can't let myself down. You know what I mean? Other people will let me down, but I can't let myself down. So so for me, it's like, you know, let, let's just focus on the solutions. And I'm gonna send out the work. Let's see how they do it. And nine times out of ten, it's all good. The, t- the only time I see problems is when egos start clashing, when you start pushing this guy to do this, to do that, and Man, Ramel, I, I just seen some horror stories. We we need another podcast just for horror <laughs> stories. <laughs> just for horror stories, brother. We need nah, one for a horror
0: stories. I I could imagine. In your experience, what's the best type of freight? What do you, what do you like to? You like to, equipment wise? You like uh, drive in? Do you like reefer? What do you, what do you, what do you what do you like? What's your uh, what's I, your niche?
1: I like drive in. The reason I'm going to say drive in is because it's the lowest risk in a way. Because flatbed is open. If this guy don't tarp it correctly. I work with all three. I work with all, all of them, but the thing is, um, dry van is the safest, in my opinion. Reefer is good too, but the problem is that our refrigerator breaks down. If I was to do reefer, I usually keep them not too far, like one day transits uh, close to the home base, because if something happens to that reefer, we can just bring it back and fix it. You don't want you don't want to be dealing with claims and stuff, you know. Especially like like even with flatbed, you it's, there's certain types of wood you could even have a tarp, but they can't have that little moistness in there. So it's, even if it gets somehow through the tarp. Into that water, that, that whole that whole freight's gonna get rejected. You could have a claim for 30, 40, dollars. You don't want that. I mean, obviously, you got the deductible. You probably pay twenty five hundred, five thousand, or thousand out of your pocket. Insurance pays the rest, but then your rates go up. You know what I mean? So in the long run, you have to look at what's profitable and what's of value. I like drive-ins because most of the freight that we're moving is general freight, drive of all kinds. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. If I was to do a reefer or flatbed, it would be with somebody that's experienced, somebody that I can trust. If I can't trust them, then I, I wouldn't even bother with it. I see a lot of people get into flatbeds and just end up getting claims and getting out and losing a, a few few thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever. A lot of my friends that happen to.
0: Got you. So you're pretty much letting like the, the driver who you actually have delivering the load dictate, you know, what type of freight they're going to move. Because like you said, Ooh. so you, you said you said something about somebody you could trust. What do you mean by that?
1: No, no. I said that that that, that I prefer a uh, drive-in, but if I was to, to have somebody drive a flatbed or reefer it would have to be a driver that i really trust
0: yeah that's what i was so, saying you, you let so you, you it, it depends on the driver that's what i was saying yeah, no, i don't let them i don't let them dictate it obviously most of my fleet is just drive in yeah. what i
1: meant is that if if i was to to be getting into flatbed and doing some flatbed work it wouldn't be with somebody that I, it would have to be with somebody that i trust
0: got you got you
1: because the thing is because the thing is you know if it's somebody lazy they won't tarp it correctly you know and something will happen same thing with reefer. Reefer could break down. So if I could do reefer with somebody that I don't trust, but at the same time, it would have to be something not too far. I can't have, I, I had, I had, okay. So I had a, I had a, I had a few uh, problems with flatbeds. One time I had an onion load in Texas. The truck broke down, right? So the onion spoiled. We can't get that flatbed recovered. We all the way up here in Jersey. The onions, they, they go bad right away. So right. it was the hot sun over there. So what ended up happening was that we had to, um, we had to just, we 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 got a claim for the onions.
0: Yeah. One
1: time, my my guy was taking a load from uh, from Vermont to to Michigan on a flatbed. Um, he didn't tarp it correctly. Um, he didn't tarp it correctly. The the water got in, very small amount of water, not even much, very small, but just that little dampness, that little moist because of the the product of the the way the wood was. They rejected the whole thing. And right. they filed a claim against us. We just basically had to dump the wood. We couldn't even get anybody to buy it because nobody wants to buy that type of product. We had to dump That's that right. and then face face the claim with insurance. Mm.
0: Gotcha.
1: I, I, I never really, really had a claim with drive-ins. Like I never really had. So it's just based off of my experience. But most of the, the, even reefer is pretty good too because reefer, you know, you can get it checked out. It's basically like a motor, but there's also that risk. You know, if you're taking a load from Cali to, uh, to let's say Jersey, if that reefer breaks down somewhere in the middle, you're gonna have issues to deal with. You're gonna to have to notify the broker, scare the scare them, scare their customer. Um, you know, it, it could be it could be a lot. Um, but drive in. It's just basically you know you got a empty piece of space with a covering outside, and you take it. If the, you know you deliver it, the the the, the freight doesn't really matter because it's general freight of all kinds, it, unless it's garbage. You don't want to pick up garbage, recycle bales because. The problem with that is that it ends up uh, leaving a lot of mess in the truck. And those loads usually don't pay good either. So what ends up happening when you pick up garbage, you got to wash the trailer afterwards because it starts stinking up and stuff. And well, you probably get like a cheap load. And then on top of that, you got to spend out of your pocket to, to you know, to uh, to get it washed. Yeah, That's just dumb. So, so garbage, I would recommend not getting. But general freight of all kinds, I would just recommend try to keep it under 40000 because also one thing I try to do is I try to preserve my trucks and trailer because the problem is that the more you keep it preserved, the longevity stays. The more, the longer the truck is on the road, the more money everybody's making. But if you, if you just picking up heavy stuff, 45,000 pounds, blowing out trailer tires, and you know, also you gotta remember you, the scales are gonna stop you because you got such heavy weight. You're gonna go through a lot of, you know, BS uh, when you're picking up heavy stuff. I reckon your your truck could definitely, your trailer could definitely scale 45,000, but uh, on the drive in, but do you want to? Right. I, I don't want to. I don't pick up. I don't. I rarely ever pick up anything above forty thousand. Got you. I don't like to, man. Got you. I want to keep preserving my trucks, even if it's not my truck. It's one of the people that I work with. Nah, man. We we trying to have these trucks running long term.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. What areas do you find that you get some of the best freight out of?
1: Well, I'm mostly a northeast southeast guy. So the best place that I get freight out of, I would say, is South Carolina and North Carolina. That's the best places to get freight. There's very, very good, very, very good loads coming out of there. Um, also, I, I also mess with the Dollar General contracts. Those are really good because those are, um, those are good paying too. They they pay like uh, the Dollar General. They're, I think they're brokered out from C.H. Robinson to A2B. And um, they, they're they only like some, I, I did one load that was 90 miles and I got paid $2,000 on it, bro.
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Think about that. That's like $21, $22 a mile, that's, bro.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot
1: of money. I, I did one load for them for for 250 miles, paying three thousand dollars. I mean, it's driver assist. So what you have to do is you have to get a driver plus the uh like plus a, 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 helper. a helper, yeah, a helper, yeah. But but you know you could pay somebody. Uh, even I I, I I told my I told Kane to pay his helper two hundred dollars a day. You yeah. can afford to pay somebody a thousand dollars a day because if you pick up if you're doing gross revenue ten thousand and under a thousand uh, around a thousand miles, you can't paid ten dollars a mile. You could definitely pay somebody a thousand. You know what I mean. You could definitely afford to afford to pay that.
0: That's a fact. That's a fact. But the pro-
1: yeah, you could definitely afford to pay that, but but some people, you know, they'll pay them $150 a day. They're out on the road with you. Um,
0: it's good money. How, how, do, you, how do you feel about, I mean, you, you obviously use load boards. How do you feel about load boards uh as opposed to like you know direct contracts and 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 dedicated dedicated lanes? Well, the
1: thing about people don't like low boards because they think that low boards are um are a waste of time, which I totally understand. But somebody like me that's been using low boards for years, I just have to glance at a load, like glance, like not. I'm talking about less than a second, like just no, this is no good. Move on, no good. More like not, like like glance at it, and I I know because I've been using it for so long, and I, I just I, I see the diamonds in the rough. You know what I mean? I like <laughs> right. You know, some some people are looking looking for the needle in the in the, in the haystack. I see I see the needles. Like I, I see hmm. the needles in the haystack. I see them because I've been doing this for so long. And I the thing about me is that I take on 10, 15 companies a year. Uh right now. So and even before, I would still on like I said, I would do my my, my my own thing with my partner and still working my dreams on the side. So right the too. thing is I would be taking on multiple companies. So is somebody taking on one company or two companies is different than me, somebody like me taking on like 10 companies, because the, the amount of experience you get in a year. I get that same experience times ten, mm. so the, the the gap is going further and further. That's why I'm 28, and you got people that got 30 years in this. There's a guy. Uh, I am Henry Blessman, one of my one of my really good friends, Henry. I met him. His his father is, has been in, a veteran of this industry for 35 years. He they follow my series and they, they they follow my content. And these guys got 30 years. They they got more years on this uh, in the business than I do on this earth. <laughs> right. they follow my content. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? And also, a part of it is opening up a new company. I don't help firefighters open new companies uh, and manage their companies, make it profitable. Uh, police officers, you know what I mean? There was a, there was a police officer. He gave me this his Dodge, uh, the gold card the other day for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially me being an ex-con, I, I, I look at it like you know that's what's up. I mean, I don't do no nothing bad that I need it, but at the same time, it's like it's just it's a blessing that where I come from, that that I've been able to help this man or impact him, that he gave me a gold card to say that you're a family member of mine. He's Dominican I'm Pakistani. Right. But, anyways, anyways, you know, that's how you know you're bringing value to people's lives. Um, it's other forms of currency. A lot of people just look at money as a currency, that's why they get greedy, selfish. But honestly, you could actually make a lot more money if you don't chase money and you chase passion and, and uh stuff like that because you could get more done, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. people will trust you. People, will tr- people will trust me because they'd rather trust me because they know I'm honest and I don't lie and I don't bullshit versus somebody else because think about it a crook would, would rather work with an honest person than another crook you know what i mean that's <laughs> right. true <laughs> right
0: that's true so you
1: so uh, logically speaking you would rather i would rather be an honest person and try to do the right thing and try to help people and then everything else follows everything else follows brother i, I you know I, I work with atlanta these real estate developers and stuff we, we we've been doing good they're happy with the, the profits that they're making you know what i mean we we all we all eating you know what i mean
0: no doubt. So okay. your relate, so your relationship with these companies that you're working with, you're actually finding them loads and everything. You're, you're getting them started, and then you're actually operating their companies.
1: Yeah, yeah sure. And I wow. charge very low, like uh, eight percent, seven, eight percent. Wow. That's wow. it. And then, and then we all just eating. They have their set. So the thing is, that also gives a placebo effect because you're taking home ninety eight percent, ninety two percent, or ninety three percent. But I'm guaranteeing you a profit. I'm talking about forty percent profit. I guarantee, like, so far, the success rate has been 100%. Nobody right. has failed. But I, but that's why I'm very exclusive, too. I don't want to be dealing with everybody. I want to deal with driven people that, that's that's cool, that, that want that want it bad. You know what I mean? I, right. I show you the way. I show you the way, but how bad do you want it? Because the problem with the, the generation that we live in now is everybody's looking for a shortcut. Right. Everybody wants a shortcut, but there is no shortcut. The only shortcut is working hard. That's the real shortcut. No doubt. People just yeah. people just don't realize that.
0: So if somebody wants to work with you, uh, you know, through through you consulting, what is that what's that kind of process like? So I mean
1: it really depends on the person, right? Because cause some people I, I've I've had millionaires come at me. Uh like so, like recently I, I rejected these 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 club owners. I I've had millionaires come at me and try to hit me with the, you know, they, they there's people that, that think that they could just throw money in a business. If that was the case, then all these millionaires would just turn into billionaires. You know what I mean? The thing is, you can't just throw money into uh, a business. It's it, it's a it's a you could you you need money. It's a tool that you need to get the business going, but that's not the business. Money 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 is, is, is you know if you're an investor, that's different. If you're investing into like like let's say some type of investment, you're getting returns per year like two percent, five percent, ten percent, even twenty percent, whatever the case is that's something different. But when you're going into a business, you have to do a lot of people look at it. Like this is just an investment game. This is just a money game. There's a lot more to it than that. And I've turned people down and they went and um, seen, you know, I just, I I, I don't like to work with certain people, you know, that especially people that come on with an entitled mentality. Oh, just because I got money, I can pay you this. I people have offered me a lot of money. And I just said, no, I'm good financially. I'm all right. Right. The thing is, if you approach me, you driven, you ready to work, Let's get to work. Let's see what the problems is. Let's see what the holes are. Let's see what your goal is. That 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 consultation, that talk doesn't cost nothing. And even worst case scenario, I choose not to work with you. You ask me for advice. You ask me for my contacts. You ask me for anything that you need for your goals. We could get it done. We'll do it. Right. No doubt. Uh, like, for instance, for instance, Soha, the guy, Soha transferred my other company. That guy, me, man, man, like he thought it was easy. You know what I mean? That that he thought he could just do it. just Because uh, I put the YouTube content out and everything. It looks easy. He went out and, and he. I told him, "Look, man, look, this is the deal." And um. And he said, "Nah, you know what? I got it. I'll do it myself." He he went out for three months, came right back, bro.
0: Because
1: mm. the problem is, as soon as he went out there on his own, it's like it's like you you basically uh uh uh, uh what's that? You like a little cat in a jungle. Everybody's gonna try to eat you, right? Everybody gonna try to eat you. You a new person with some money in this business. They are gonna rob you for your money. Straight up, man. That's a straight fact. They're going to rob you for your money. There's people that would do that because the problem is that you got all these type of offers that, oh, you need this, you need that, you need this. And then everybody gets a commission. You buy a truck. You don't know if that's why I send them to a dealer. You don't know if you get this independent owner, what they what they this to, to that truck, why they're selling it or, or what this person is making a cut. You know what I mean? You don't know what type of equipment to buy. You don't know what what, what to, how to get insurance. You don't know what the price ranges are to get because everything is, nothing is regulated in this industry. Nothing really. Right. If you think about it, what's regulated except for them being strict on us?
0: DOT right. coming DLT up on- DOT is only regulations. Yeah.
1: Only regulation. What else is regulated? The prices are not regulated. The equipment is not regulated. I mean, equipment is regulated in California for DEF. I don't even know what the hell is that. It's like, they're talking about, you could still get a fine if your driver tells them you- uh, if you don't have a DEF system. But the thing is, then they say it's only mandatory in Cali. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a mess. You know, it's not regulated. Even though you've seen how big of a mess it's been since the time of Jimmy Hoffa to now, it's just not a regulated business. It's just really messed up. It's a tough business to to, to regulate. So uh, why do 80% of business owners fail? They, and that's why they need people like Alex Good Energy or even me that, that, that could show them that, that, hey, look, this is the guidance. This is what you need to do. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Alex for sure. is doing
1: a great thing, man. Alex is doing a great thing, but he's like more mainstream. You know, he's always not, you know, mainstream. He's he out there. He's doing a great thing. I really respect it. I've seen some of his things and uh, that's what you got to do. You know, you got to show these people the way. And and for him, he's the only probably maybe the only person that's really regulating something. Other than that, if you see everybody else, they are not doing nothing.
0: Yeah he, yeah. he definitely has great content and really yeah, uh, digestible, well, yeah. digestible, clean content. It makes it, makes it understandable for, you know, someone who doesn't have knowledge of the trucking industry for sure. For sure, yeah, he, plants, so, he
1: planted a lot of seeds. A lot of seeds have become trees that he's planted. He's a good man.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I gotta connect y'all, man. You know, I, I, I'm sure he'd love to connect with you as well because y'all are both doing similar things and y'all like minded individuals. So, so, so let's um let's kind of like start wrapping up the show because we've been rapping yeah, for a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. my, and, my and bad, baby, bro. Nah, 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 no, not at all, bro. You've been dropping bombs, a lot of value, and I appreciate and I want to respect your time because I know you're busy. Like we talked before, it's like you're you're seven days a week. Going, yeah. going, going. I know you're very busy, you know, working within these companies. So I want to respect your time as well. But you know, just to kind of wrap it up, like I always do with my shows, I like to kind of get a couple things, uh, a, a few. my last few questions are usually number one: what's your what's your five year plan, right, for your your personal business, you consulting, and then I like to get the the final thought, and then lastly, I like to get where the people can connect with you and contact you. So, so kind of give me your, your, your goals for the next three to five years. I know you're a very hungry, driven individual. Where do you see yourself and where do you see your business in the next three to five years? Let's start with that.
1: All right. So I have a weird concept on that. I, I, I don't see myself anywhere in five years. The reason being is tomorrow's not promised. I, I'll tell you that, the, 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 especially now we see with this pandemic. A lot of people think that, oh, this is a new business. Everybody's going to be excited as me. You have to get your expectations straight. You know what I mean? So it's not even God, just destiny. So the thing is, I try to just focus on what I can now, what I could get done today, and we'll worry about the future later, when, it, when we get there. Because the thing is, the future is, is very inconceivable. It's just your imagination. If you choose, see, I don't leave nothing on destiny. I mean, yes, I do leave some things on destiny, which is you know that, that that I don't want to get into that. for another thing. <laughs> but what I do, what, what what I do believe is that the future is my imagination. Anything and everything that I want to be, all I have to do is think about it, add the blueprint, start working towards that goal. My goal right now is just to just to keep this going, keep making more success stories, keep helping people, keep helping the right people, and uh, go from there. You know what I mean? And see where, where it could go. Sometimes it's some just like your podcast, it could take a mind of its own. You know, it could take you somewhere else. But you just got to keep working. For sure not lose not lose focus of what, what what you have going on and then as far as uh me being a driven or a hungry individual i'm gonna be honest with you man the money doesn't motivate me i i did make a lot at one point and i was just what was i doing i was drinking smoking going to clubs uh <laughs> having having uh you know sexual contacts with random women uh what did that do for me that didn't do nothing that didn't give me happiness what gives me happiness is when i help other people and also me being uh me working all the time me working seven days it it keeps me disciplined it keeps me away from negative stuff a lot of my homies done died and all types of stuff so for me personally for me to keep you know keep going it keeps me driven and it keeps it keeps me disciplined that discipline is what I love I I go to sleep early wake up early Monday morning I got something to look forward to you know we all need a purpose in life people forget people people fail to understand this most people when they retire they die because they don't have a purpose in life I understand my purpose and I, and I accept my purpose. This is trucking. You know, my religion is separate, but this is trucking. This is my work. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm, I'm just focused on work and I'm focused on my purpose to help people. You know what I mean? What the next man got, whether he's a millionaire, whether Jay Z got this or that person got that, that has nothing to do with me. That's not me. That person, you know, I might admire that person, but at the end of the day, I'm just worried about what I got on my plate. I don't care what the next man got on my plate. So basically got on their plate. So know just stay disciplined and driven and just keep working this makes me very happy when i'm able to help somebody i get a call from somebody's mother like hey his mother called me crying she said my son was a failure for three years i said no he wasn't a failure he just didn't have the right guidance
0: mm.
1: he's just gonna know what to do he, he's, a, he's a driven guy he's ex-military drives a truck has his own truck but can't seem to save any money our first month we made forty-five thousand. we do those local stuff uh, in iowa we his savings was around 35 40 thousand. Barely spent anything, a few or anything, $35,000, $40,000 that he saved.
0: Mm,
1: no so, you know, his mother was crying. They was able to, you know, either help out. So he was able to help his family and stuff. That makes me happy, man. At the end of the day, anything great that anybody's done is because they touched somebody else in a positive way. and I, I'm happy that I'm able to touch somebody in a positive way. That shines positivity in my life. and makes me a very happy person and peaceful every day.
0: No doubt, no doubt. I love it. Now that that kind of sounded like a final thought to me. Do you have any any other final thoughts that you want to add and, and and leave with the audience?
1: Well, since we're talking about trucking, the only thing I would say is, man, just just know uh, that 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 um we live in the information age. Anything that you want, there's no excuse for you not to get. Obviously, there's some information that's good, some information that's bad. It's your intuition and your your uh, best. Uh, judgment of, of whatever to, to understand what's right for you, what's wrong, but we live in the information age. Your only shoes that if you don't make it in any industry, especially this industry, should be because you fucked up, not nobody else. So don't blame nobody if you don't do your due diligence and try to actually make a successful company. All my companies have been successful. One of my guys, he's an announcer at WWE. He's a successful guy. His company is successful. A firefighter, his company is successful. I don't help these guys because their industries were hit hard. And they came over here. Now they're successful with me. So the thing is, because we just worked hard. We didn't have like millions of dollars at our disposal. We just have worked hard and we had the guidance and we just kept going, you know, and we did. So it's like, you know, you live in the information age. Just anything that you want, you can make it happen. I got, I I, I, I have, a, I'm a middle school dropout. If I could do it, why can't you? 28 years old.
0: No doubt, yeah. no doubt. And let the people know where they can connect with you, Sam.
1: Oh, so... I have, I'm on Instagram. It's underscore u consulting. My YouTube channel is U consulting. You can email me. uconsulting seven, eight, six at gmail.com. Any questions that you have, I will answer. My services are very exclusive. I'm not in no need for financial help or anything like that. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy where I'm at. I'm content. If I was to take on somebody, it would be somebody that I feel as though I could really benefit. If I can't benefit you, I would not take you on. So um, just hit me up. But any type of educational stuff, I post a lot of educational content. You follow me too, so you know that I post a lot of educational stuff that can help people learn more about the trucking industry. I also post like rate sheets, uh, how to divide, uh, take out the expenses of these rates and what you're making, what you're not making. I post weekly profit reports. I actually tag my clients, my partners. They all follow me. There's brokers that follow me. So they all follow, they all watch my content. So they know it's true. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can lie. To, to people that's new, but I can't lie to my partners, my content, you know, that you know, it has to be legit because they're watching me,
0: right? So, right. so,
1: so it's not even that. I, I'm just, you know, I have nothing to hide because I know I'm doing the right thing all the time. So, the thing is, you know, you guys go over there, all my information is very good. If you go check out the YouTube series, I'm sure you'll find some jewels in there too that that could really help you in your business,
0: no doubt, no doubt. Like they say, success leaves clues, man. Listen, brother, I appreciate you for joining me today. This was this was a dope episode, I think that the hustle fam is going to really, really enjoy it. And I think you're going to definitely get some people reaching out to connect with you and, um, you know, see if, if, if you could be of service to them or just, you know, dropping by just to say hello and just tell them they appreciated You joining us on the podcast today for sure.
1: No problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate you and what you're doing is awesome. Um, we need more people like you in this industry. We need more people, because at the end of the day, if the arbitrators of education and, 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 um, and and income are not doing their job we need people like you independent people that are that are out here trying to educate and i respect that you know what i
0: mean For sure bro thank you so much man listen hustle thank fam you. we are out if you like what you heard it's only going to get better make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment let us know what you want to learn or hear more about till next time love is love truck and hustle